y'all yeah. in the video. I have a I have a cat in the room. I let one out, but it's okay. So if I hear Ignore I that one episode that happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know how cats be trying to rub against your legs. It was like mm. all the time. All I know the time. you want to feel this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Karina, like, ew. Karina sleep next in the next. He's room. like, ew, I'm married. Get away from yeah. me. Disgusting. <laughs> nasty. <laughs> your nasty head. Episode 94 of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay. I'm joined by my ace, my guy, best man, my dude, Dane Beasley. Dane, how are you doing this morning? Pretty well. Pretty well, all things considered. When I say all things considered, I mean all things are going well. Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Pretty good. Here, man. Always good to hear if things are going well. Um this is episode 94, Dane, and you had a, a, a special superlative for this episode. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Deontay. Well, for those who are lovers of the sport uh, of called ball foot or football, you might know of this one terror and how ceremonious of us to have this superlative of this beautiful divisional round weekend. This is the Charles Haley episode. Ah, I love it. I love it. Hall of Famer Charles Haley spent years with the Cowboys and the 49ers. Um, Havoc. Absolute terror. And he, you know, there was a lot of guys that obviously set the standard, but I think his size kind of molded guys like DeMarcus Ware and those kind of bigger framed rush guys. Um, I I don't think at that time they really had like the outside linebacker, like three, four kind of rush, but he was a Havoc. He's a generational talent and he was a monster he was a bad man <laughs> Very, like a lot of because you know obviously wasn't allowed to see most of his glory but for him to have as long as a career he had and then just the interviews he's done about people talking about his impact on the game and then just being able to do what he did instantly come to teams 49ers cowboys and to set the tone so yeah yeah yeah, the Charles Haley episode. Um, Dane, we both talked about it. This episode's dropping on Friday. Um, so this will be a division preview heavy episode, but mm. um we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this past week's game oh, just man. a little bit. Go um ahead, Mr. five and oh. Go ahead. <laughs> no, <laughs> correction. Six and oh. I had oh, um, oh, oh, oh. all six of my picks were correct. <laughs> um, but besides that, man, it was I think it was a really exciting weekend of games. Um, just to give it a little context, Dane. Um, four out of the five wild card games, um, or excuse me, four out of the six wild card games were decided by one score, um, eight points or less. Um and for the first time since 1997, Dane, that three teams from the same division advanced to the to the divisional round with uh, the NFC East. Um, the NFC with, East. Yeah, the NFC East with uh, the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys. Um, the last time that was done was in 1997 when uh, before they had the realignment of division. So it was mm-hmm. the NFC Central back then with the Packers, Vikings, Gross. and Buccaneers. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so, just a little context to that, but we are in the divisional round now, bro. Um, 
but well, before we get to the divisional round, mm-hmm. I didn't even get to ask you how you felt about the games this weekend. Anything surprised you? Anything like that? Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised by the level of quality of games that we got to watch. I was a little bit concerned at the start of the Cowboys Bucks game. I was like, oh, this is about to be a stinker. Because both teams was three and out and seeing who can get the most three and outs to start the game. I was like, bro, this is this is this is cheeks, like straight garbage juice, but it, it turned itself around. But yeah, I was I was a little bit surprised by some of the the some of the ways that some of these guys came out to play. Um I enjoyed seeing a lot of new blood. I mean, I'm assuming everyone enjoys seeing a lot of new blood and just a variety of offense or the variety of offenses in, you know, matchmaking for defensive schemes. So it was it was a, it was a joy to see. This week is going to be even better, or this weekend is going to be even better in terms of matchmake hell. So, or I can't contain my excitement. Um, obviously, we have a historical. season of or uh, a historical postseason or continued historical postseason upon us so we'll see where it takes us what about you do you have any particular favorite games or games that you didn't care for or games that you're excited and for? you didn't care it's it's because... all, you know i'm gonna just throw it out there it's always great when your division rival loses in dramatic fashion <laughs> um, oh you talking about the charges yeah the the jags um chargers game which i thought and i think i said it on this pod that it would result in Brandon Staley's firing and it did not uh, just everybody else got fired, but him. Um, But you know, by now that one of the largest comebacks in playoff history, I think it was third longest. And um, yeah, it's always great to see the chargers lose. (laughs) Um, Did not expect that first half from Trevor Lawrence. Honestly, the way he played was night and day first half, the second half, Um, but he got it together. And, yeah, he lands himself in the divisional round. And um, a little context, Dan, you spoke to uh, the fact that there's a lot of new blood in the playoffs and, or excuse me, in the divisional round. And um, to speak to that a little bit, I'm going to throw something at you. Okay. Uh, All eight starting quarterbacks in the divisional round are under the age of 30. Um, Mm -hmm. We always talk about how – there's the not necessarily new breed of quarterbacks, but we went into this era post Manning, obviously uh, Roethlisberger, um, not Brady yet. <laughs> um, whenever he decided, but you know that yeah the the era of those quarterbacks were were past that, and so um, all quarterbacks are under the age of thirty, and your boy Dak Prescott is the oldest quarterback remaining at the age of twenty nine. Um, and it's the second time all eight divisional round quarterbacks have been under the age of 30 since the round began in 1970. And this also happened in 2004. So I think that's pretty cool to kind of see this next great crop of quarterbacks that we've talked about. Um, of course, we already know about Patrick Mahomes. He won a Super Bowl. Um, Joe Burrow, obviously, Josh Allen, those kind of guys. So, um, yeah, new era. They haven't won the Super Bowls, but. Yeah. They are going to be perennial yeah. playoff chasers. So, quote unquote, elite, let's, elite let's, quarterbacks. Let's, let's say that. Let's say that there. <laughs> let's be nice. Let's yeah. be nice. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're not wrong. 
You know what? You you make a valid point. And I was trying to realize, or when you decided you wanted to throw something at me, I thought you were going to say, you know, what do they all have in common or, you know, something like that. But I, one interesting thing um, that I noticed that they're all from different colleges too. So it really, it's starting to come together. I'm not going to give the NFL credit as a whole in terms of it being a billion dollar industry and still not knowing how to evaluate quarterbacks. I'm not going to go into that spill, but I will say, from a team building standpoint, at some point in time, when you look at all these different guys that come from all these different backgrounds, but they're all under the age of 30, it lets you know that the trend in terms of team building is, is trending upwards. Uh, whether that's building around your, you know, your franchise quarterback, or whether it's putting the right coaches around your team to ensure that your defense is going to be hell on earth for the other team. So one thing I've I've noticed about either one of those or either one of those things that I reference to is every single team either has one of those or both of them. So every single matchup you look at, they either have a, a dominant, well put together offense, or they have a very, 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 very close knit scheme that caters to the strengths of the people on the defense or the players yeah. on the defense. So some of them have both, and then on top of that, I'll sprinkle one more on there. Or you have an amazing play caller on either side of the ball, or sometimes both. Yeah. So, yeah, like like you mentioned, that great combination of coaches and players make a difference. Like, yeah, we saw night and day. You know, he didn't play well in the first half with Trevor Lawrence, but obviously Bro. Doug Peterson, being head coach, made a difference, right? Like Trevor Just Lawrence was night and day from how he played last season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. <laughs> Urban Schmeyer. Oh God. What a your joke. Boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Your boy. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. That, that dude is a joke. It, man. Yeah, yeah. Um Can you believe that? What kind of never mind. Yeah, we, we we've gotten into that already, but um you mentioned Dane how I was six and zero with my picks from last week. I'll have to Dang. rub that in one more time. But um I was looking at the law let us know. Already, <laughs> multiple after every game, three and oh, three and oh, oh, no. I'm like, okay, man, trying to trying to get some some uh prediction for my resume. I got you, I got you, predictor, expert, um, <laughs> analyst. Don't mess it up, don't mess it up this week. Well, I was gonna preface this next part by saying there's no way I'm going undefeated this weekend because uh, this divisional round, Dane, mm. features. Four teams that are at least on a five-game win streak. So we got a couple of, like a bunch of hot teams coming in. We got the Chiefs, Jags, Bengals, and Bills, who all are on the AFC side. So obviously two teams aren't going to advance. That's the first time it's happened in the division round. You don't know that. um, Featuring teams in one conference that are at least on five-game win streaks. But... Yeah. Um, first game, Dane. On Saturday afternoon, 4.30 Eastern, those Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this one, I will admit, I think is going to be tough 
for Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> I thought it was like tough for tough for Patrick. I was like, Boy. no, 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 no. I'm I'm not that crazy. Uh, it's gonna be tough for not like me making them crazy. <laughs> for Trevor Lawrence to head into Arrowhead Stadium, um, it's the loudest stadium in the NFL. Um, haven't been in that environment before in a playoff environment. Mm. Obviously, they're the young. Broncos, of course, right? Huh? You say you've been in that playoff environment with the Broncos, of course, right? I said they haven't. Are you talking about? Okay, you, you're making a Bronco joke here. Oh no, 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 no! Sorry, my bad. Yes, you're not are. the right, right time for this. I, I, I'm ignoring that. Um, and um, the Kansas City really doesn't have like the greatest defense in the world, but it seems like every time in the playoffs, they put Patrick Mahomes in the position to win the game, whether they make a late sack, a late defensive play. Um, and then Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, um, you can usually bet on in these kind of games at home when they're favored. Um, Kansas City is going to be rocking, like I explained. Um, besides Trevor Lawrence, this is a young offense as well. Um, a lot of guys that haven't been in this position. Um, so I think it'll be tough to go in this environment and pull off a win, especially with 15 on the other side of the ball and experience they've been here before that kind of mentality dane so i'm gonna go with with jacksonville in this or excuse me kansas city in this one okay before we get started i feel like i have to address the room again uh, with these picks and such i do a lot of lurking on uh platforms that i feel not the need to post on and i saw some comments about people that potentially uh, had some oh, oh, questionable picks. So I feel like I, I read it. I was like, oh, hmm, interesting. Okay. We'll see where this goes. Normally, oh, no, like, normally I don't feel the need to explain myself. Oh, I feel like it's pretty evident. They ain't clapping back at the... At the however, <laughs> however, as I stand here sitting face-to-face with my friend, or should I say my adversary, I'm justified in my pick. Okay, There is nothing wrong at a story of redemption, at a story of the underdog. I was simply picking the underdog. And forgive me for not going with the obvious statement here and picking someone other than the Seahawks during that match. I just thought it was a good matchup. I mean, call me a hater. Call me a... You know, and it's easy. It's easy for me to say. I was like, I don't know what day I was thinking with that pick. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it's worse because I didn't, I didn't really go into... An explanation yep. of why I picked it, but I was going for the underdog, and of course, I don't. Want, I didn't want to admit this on wax as a, as a Buckeyes fan, but Ken Walker, I I liked him as a candidate for Rookie of the Year. And I, I'm not sure if he's going to get it, but hopefully, add into that resume. Or I mean, of, of course, the the assumption is that it's a regular season award, but we know it's not by and part just a regular season award. I was hoping he was going to go off just because I wanted to see running backs win. I, I hate this whole culture now of, you know, running backs don't matter, don't pay running backs in contracts, all that good stuff. So when you see somebody that has this of good quality, has good vision, that's a three down back, I was, I'm, I'm rooting for that. And, you know, with him being worth, I'm not going to name the school that he's from, um, but as a Buckeye fan, <laughs> I, I have a great deal of respect for him and what he's brought to the game. So I was rooting for, you know, the Seahawks and, and I caught some hell for that. So, Moving forward, I'll provide uh, more rationale as to why I choose the picks that I pick, just because my credibility here is put on the line. It's that question. It's it's that question. It's at stake, if you will. 
Um, but anywho, I myself will be going. Like, I said all that to say this. I'm going with the. Uh, Going with the uh, the Chiefs here. <laughs> <laughs> Go with the Chiefs. The world's the world was waiting. <laughs> yeah, the world was waiting. Look, I, I'm going with the Chiefs. It was a very easy decision to make. I was just having a little bit of flashbacks from that first half uh, by Trevor Lawrence and that. But it's you know I know we said we weren't going to talk about last week, uh, but seeing them rally around him and the words of affirmation and the confidence they had in him, like hey, we got your back, was very refreshing to see. Just because. As competitors, we know how it is, and there's one person on the team that is constantly messing up. Oh. As, you know, former high high school athletes, and one person on the team just mucking it all up, and everybody's like, you know, everybody want to say it, but nobody's gonna say it. And then you know, yeah, yeah. But Same. Like you the, see, did, oh, go ahead. Oh, shout out to the Chargers, of course, for yeah. making that all possible. Yeah, Buddy should have been fired. I was gonna, um, I was gonna say, <laughs> did you see uh, the clip? When you were talking about picking up the teammates and stuff of CD Lamb, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get to that. Okay, we're gonna get to that. Oh and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm and to that. to close out the 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 Jags Chiefs section, mm-hmm. um, another nugget, Dane, that could add some intrigue. Uh, Doug Peterson as a head coach is five and one straight up as an underdog in the playoffs, mm. um, which is the best record for a head coach playoff record wise since 1966. Uh, he's right behind Tom Flores, who was perfect five and oh, um, as an underdog, underdog in the playoffs. Doug Peterson sits at five and one. I don't know, obviously X and X's and O's wise, that doesn't give them advantage, but, um, he's a super bowl winning head coach. Um, so that is literally the only experience they have on that side, as far as being in this situation. So maybe that gives them an edge, but mm-hmm. all that to say, uh, looking like the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, so, in, so here you are rooting for a division rival. Who would have thought? I, I, it's a difference That's between rooting, rooting for and predicting who you think is going to win the game. Mm. My, my, my. Mm. <laughs> and speaking of division rivals, Dane, on Saturday evening, mm. uh, 8.15 p.m. on Fox, the Giants travel to Philly, Lincoln Financial Field, to take on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Mm. Um, I'm going to let you start off with this one since I went first last time. Well, it's difficult. We talked about how difficult it is to beat a team multiple times in one season. But we have to face the reality of none of that really matters at this point. Every team that's made it to this round of the playoffs is, you know, either deserve not to play the first game, the wild card, or they beat another team that had everything to lose to get where they're getting. The As much as we like to clown the Giants and how corny Daniel Jones is or looks when he's running, <laughs> or as much as we like to clown Philadelphia because they're Philadelphia, hey, Philly fans. This is going to be a pretty, pretty good game. I'm glad they have the prime time slot. All revenue aside with the way the NFL decides to schedule games, especially the way they scheduled games last week. Stupid. I think this is a Philly. I think this is a Philly dub. 
It, it, I don't think it'll be a. No, I, I, I'm I'm going to go even further. Say maybe a one or two possession game, but I think this is a Philly dub. Jalen Hurts, he's been phenomenal this year. Um, he's been playing offensive player of the year esque. Okay, um, and probably would be an MVP favorite if not for the injury. In my opinion, what do you think? Probably not because um, there's okay. a. Uh, look, I think I think people have confused the term or the 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 rationale behind the name of the award MVP. Mm. Now, granted, this team lost when he was out, which proves that he you know has the capabilities of carrying a team and being the reason the team is will to win. However, Patrick Mahomes still exists. Josh Allen still exists. These are the facts, unfortunately. And I would love to say that. Oh. Oh, you got you got you got so the light bulb's going off yet? Okay, okay. We we get. I think. I think I don't know, man. I think when Hurst was out for that team, we saw how bad the offense suffered. Like, I think that could be seen as the definition of MVP, like most valuable. I felt Mm -hmm. like. Him in that system in that offense when they when he got injured and he was mm-hmm. you know sidelined for those few weeks they just didn't look the same. Absolutely. Um, obviously, we saw them lose games, but just the the machine the the the, the general flow of the offense the mm-hmm. production of the offense dropped. I feel like I don't have the stats in front of me, but tremendously when he was off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my argument for him getting an MVP vote or even you know winning the award just because the term valuable um how valuable his or invaluable when he was off the field mm-hmm. uh so to speak but mm-hmm. yeah i could i could see that and i think yeah i'm glad i'm not one of those individuals that has to make an account for those type of votes but the people that have to vote for that they have a very tough job ahead of them of course yeah. there are tougher jobs in the world but having to determine and quantify why you believe one because it's I mean let's just be real it's a quarterback award and you're gonna be no non quarterbacks win that award for a very long time but for you to decide and like I'm assuming if I'm a guessing man I'd say it's probably between he and Patrick Mahomes but when you have to quantify yeah. and decide if either one of these players were not on the team who has the better opportunity for success mm-hmm. whoever that is the other person deserves the award and so for me it's very easy. Yeah, you take yeah. You take Patrick Mahomes away from that Chiefs team. <laughs> and that's a great yeah. argument. So and that's the only argument I can go with because We're both kind we of have, saying the same thing essentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's going to be a toss up and much like what happened last time there was a, a an Eagles quarterback at the helm of an MVP conversation who missed a few games, lost some steam because of those games, or because a backup stepped in and ended up winning Super Bowl for them conversation for another day <laughs> it's difficult to say but i'm glad for i'm happy for either one of them whoever wins um just because of the nature of this game we know how difficult it is especially for black quarterbacks but yeah um i don't know i think it's i think it's patrick mahomes award to look, but we'll see i mean i know they say it's not a postseason award but mm-hmm. we'll see how however it pans out in the playoffs um <laughs> All that to say, you got the, but you picked the Eagles. <laughs> All that to say is, I picked the Giants. No, I got the Eagles. I got the the Eagles taking this one away. This division matchup, 
division rematch up yeah. uh, for the third time. So we'll see where yeah. that goes. What about you, E2? Yeah, I, I think so. But even even more so, I think it's kind of cool. Like, you and I were born in 91, Dane, and we started watching football at a young age. But, you know, growing up, my dad, you know, was a Cowboy fan. He's still a Cowboy fan. And the 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 teams that were in the playoffs when I was growing up were these teams right here, like the Final Four as far as the NFC is concerned, like the Cowboys, the Niners, the Eagles, the Giants, like those are the teams in the NFC that were seen as the best teams around. And so to see those four teams on the NFC side, once again, it's kind of like a throwback nostalgia kind of thing. Not for me, but I feel like for all the people who grew up around this time, I saw somebody had posted on Twitter. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw it, Dane, but like the NFC championship preview uh, that Fox did in 1992 when the Cowboys mm-hmm. played the Niners. And it was just like a whole big throwback of yeah, like man. just Fox broadcasts in general with John Madden and Pat Summerall and stuff. Ooh. So I think it's pretty cool that, you know, those four teams uh, are in the uh, divisional round. Um, they've combined to win 15 Super Bowls, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, that was just a nostalgia trip for me. But as far as this game, man, um, we saw this is a rematch of week 18 uh the eagles won it pretty close they had to win it to basically secure the one seed giants you know had already you know secured their spot uh yeah man that was so yeah they they played the backups but they they it was still close to the backups backups what you talking about (laughs) it was still close throughout the game um which i don't know if it's a testament of of and and I'm, i'm gonna get to the other point too but Brian Dayball is probably coach of the year. Um, I think what he's, yeah, what what he's done with with the Giants and that offense and reviving Daniel Jones when a lot of people said he was done and you know needed to go to a new team. They calling him Vanilla Vic. I won't go that far. Yep, I I, I knew I was going to get that reaction. I I won't. I mean, it's a dope. It's a dope nickname. I won't go into that, Um, but he he. Like the same, I won't say the same way, but, you know, he was, uh, Brian Dayball was the offense coordinator for the Bills last season, if people didn't know. And we saw Josh Allen, and we've seen it this year, like him continue to use plays or make plays on his feet. And we've seen that a lot this year with Daniel Jones. Uh, Saquon is being used in a way that there aren't many, should I say, a heavy load for Saquon. Like you see him in the backfield, you see him, uh, in the slot, like he he seems like he's revived since coming off that injury not too long ago. Um, and then on the Eagles side of the ball, um, the health of Jalen Hurts is really important. Of course, he came back in week 18, but how mm-hmm. just how healthy is he? Uh, I think that'll be um, a deciding factor in this game. But um, yeah. I, yeah, I think. To your point, they they did play the third stringers though, man. So and again, yeah. we we talked about this last episode. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to beat a, a team three times and, in one and, season. And and to that point, we know the Niners pulled it off and end up winning by like twenty something points. But that was it was close all the way up until halfway through the third fourth quarter, right? Like Seahawks had the lead um, going into halftime, and mm-hmm. you know in the third quarter, but the Niners just turned it on. They were too much, but 
yeah, that's that's tough to beat a team three times. Division rival. We saw it in the wild card weekend um, with the other games that, uh, like the Dolphins Bills game. You know, mm-hmm. without their starting or their top two quarterbacks. You know, playing the Bills until the last. It's something about the divisional rivalries that always bring out close games. So I got this one really close, uh, but I got. Uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles pulling it out. The Eagles are my Super Bowl pick, Dane. So I, I got oh, I got to roll with. Six to no speaks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got I got to <laughs> roll with. Um, uh, and then on Sunday, Dane, the three p.m. game. This man, this game. I'm glad we're getting this game again. Bengals, Bills. Uh, we talked about it last episode. Shouldn't the that whole be a primetime game? Yeah. There why was is it not on? Why is it not a Monday night game? I wonder why that is. Oh, oh, I I know where that's coming from. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's coming from. I'll make that damn sense. Bengals at Bills, um, which is a rematch. Well, it's not even a rematch because the previous Bengals Bills game was considered a no contest. Everybody right. knows the situation with Demar Hamlin. Um, but uh, Bengals Bills, this is probably going to be the toughest one, uh, for me to kind of. I don't, I don't know at this point as I'm talking, but I'm going to talk through it and give myself a winner. Actually, I, I lied. The Bengals are my Super Bowl pick. So that makes it easier. Really? You don't remember that? No. It was, it was... Oh. All right. Bengals, <laughs> Bills. Uh, Bengals, I think these are the top. I think this is the best quarterback matchup that we have with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Last week, we saw the roller coaster of Josh, Josh Allen, so to speak. He'll make a great play, throw a pick, make five great plays, throw like the try to. It seems like the Bills' offense is always trying to do the touchdown play, or at least Josh Allen always thinking touchdown. He's always in his going mind. for the home run. Like you want to check like, down, that's not the quarterback you want yeah. to watch. <laughs> like when you play people on Madden, like he's yeah. like chunking the ball deep every play. First um, play of the game, eighty-yard bomb. Yeah. Um. And I think the Bengals be really aggressive on defense. Um, I think last week they blitzed the most out of any team in the wild card round. Um, and the Dolphins did the same as well, but like pressuring Josh Allen, so to speak. Um, this is going to be a good game. It's going to come down to, I think it'll come down to whoever has the ball last. Um, maybe even test those new playoff overtime rules, Dane. But I'm gonna go with Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the end. Uh, I believe they won nine, eight or nine straight games coming into the playoffs. Um, so I think they'll continue that streak. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins has played tremendous. Uh, Boyd, I think those weapons will be too much for for Buffalo, especially not having. Von Miller to pressure. I know they haven't had Von Miller for a few weeks, but they haven't really been getting to the quarterback um, post his injury. So I got the Bengals. Try to throw a Broncos reference in there, huh? I see. I did not. Bro. Yeah, you're right. They uh, have won uh, eight of their last nine games. Thank you. Regular season games, nine of the last ten games. Period. Of course, the one game not accounted for is the cancel game with the Bills. Yeah. So. For this, for this very reason, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Uh, I've seen the way that they've played uh, with that chip on their shoulder type of type of deal, feeling shafted because of the unfortunate series of events that 
took place during the Bills game and the way that the playoffs were reshuffled, I guess you could say. Um, they feel shafted. Or I can't speak for them personally, but the way that some of the fans have spoken in light of, uh, you know, the events that took place on, on January 2nd, yeah. a lot of the fans feel, you know, that things were handled in such an unfair way or were the NFL was coloring outside of the lines um, in this instance. So I think the Bills are going to go. I think the Bills are going to take away with this game. Now, I think it'll be a one-possession game. It'll be a high-scoring game. Um, both teams are not, you know, most known for their defenses or not um, anchored by their defenses. So I think this is going to be an offensive shootout. Uh, we have two. I can't say up and coming quarterbacks because I feel like they're already here, but right. more so for a Super Bowl experience, Super Bowl experience, Joe Burrow and a perennial Hall of Fame crown quarterback like Josh <laughs> Allen. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. My bad, my bad, Bills fans. I know y'all out here ready to get to the Super Bowl again and, and lose again. But here, here's where, hear me out. That offense is dangerous. Uh, the weapons they have and the mismatches they're going to create for the Bills defense, I think, is going to far outweigh any of the um, efficiency that we see or efficiencies that we're aware of from the Bills offense. Now the Bills offense is still great to their to their own respect, but I don't think that they're capable of going score for score with the Bengals. So I'm going Bengals here. Yeah. And not just because you picked the Bills. I picked the Bengals. Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think to, to your point, bro, um, this will be a close one. I think this will probably be the best game if I predict a game which like Entertainment wise, obviously with the top two, not top two, but you know, one of the top quarterbacks. Um, with both Joe Burrow and Josh Josh Allen. Um, but I got the Bengals as well, bro. Um mm. and then <laughs> seems like the NFL is uh loving them some cowboys, Dane. What do you think? I have an issue with that. Like clearly the most anticipated game for everybody is the Bengals and the Bills game. So in my mind, it makes sense for them to be the the primetime game. But here the NFL goes, trotting out that nineties nostalgia, trying yeah. to, you know, trying to get the ratings, because we know they're trying to change ratings last week. We know that there's no reason for those get those six games to take place in three separate days. No freaking reason at all. Yeah. But um we are, yeah. Sorry, that's a whole different nah, thing. And it's the issue that I have with the way that they schedule games during the final week of the season, or just the way they schedule games. Wild, period, wild card weekend. Yeah. Or because a know. lot of a lot of Cowboys fans were upset about y'all playing on Monday and having to turn around and play on Saturday. Well, that, that part, that part, I, it really didn't bother me. It was just the fact of why have two slots, two games play on one day of the weekend, and then three games played on another day of the week, and then have a and Monday then night one game. game. That's yes. so stupid. That that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. And that lets you know that it isn't about the league isn't about parity. The league is about making money. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. But even I take it further than that. The scheduling sucks because the Giants and the Eagles they shouldn't have had to play each other twice in essentially one month. 
Yeah, and well, and, and the and the Bengals Ravens game was back to back. Yeah, so I'm like, do better. Like it shouldn't. And again, it goes back to ratings. You want to make sure that fans not only stick it out throughout, you know, the rest the whole season, but also the way that they schedule games during the final week of the regular season uh, by having some of All those divisional games. Divisional rivals. Yeah, like that. And well, because I, I, go ahead. The implicate the implication for you know, teams not playing their best or not playing their starters if they're eliminated from the mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Sounds like that's not a that's not a player problem. That's a league problem. The way that you've created or the way that you've mapped out these schedules, that's y'all's fault. Yeah. But it ain't my fault, it's yours fault. Remember yeah. from Soul Food. <laughs> <laughs> uh Smart <of> mod. <laughs> yeah. It ain't my oh, fault, it's that's, fault. Fun. that's funny though. Because, I mean, in actuality, you can see how Big Mama, she was she was essentially the villain of the entire movie. Just think about Wait, it. Wait, what? Big Mama's the villain of the entire movie. They're, they're really, when you go back to think about it. It's because she was lying about the money or didn't tell she them? She was lying money. about the money. She had the uncle, or it was her brother stashed in that room for 400 years uncle or however Pete. long it was. What's his name, Uncle Pete? <laughs> yeah, that's, that was her brother though, right? Right. Okay. I, it's been a minute since I watched. Look, it, but, the duo segueing into soul food, yeah, 90s soul, soul food. Like, but the fact that, and then just the fact that how she allowed the situation with her daughters to play out with the the dating of the ex boyfriend and mm-hmm. them, you know, making was it like Terry, right? Making Terry foot the bill for essentially everything and make I don't know, maybe she hated Terry, maybe I, I don't know, but she was <laughs> never thought we'd go into this conspiracy. Yeah, never thought, on, never, on never thought about it. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty hot topic on the interwebs not too long ago. And I was like, that's that's a Reddit post. Maybe she maybe she is the villain. <laughs> Black Twitter had had a field day with that one, I'm sure. Facts. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Cowboys Niners, Dane. Uh, the Sunday evening, uh, prime. T- I, I guess that's prime time. Six six thirty Eastern time. It's a prime, it's, it's a prime time slot. Uh, all right, prime time slot on Fox. Cowboys traveling to face the Niners. Um, just a little, uh, since week seven, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> is when Dak returned to the lineup and, um, McCaffrey was traded to the Panthers, or excuse me, to the Niners from the Panthers to their mm-hmm. first game. Both teams have, since that point have led, uh, had 30 points per game, at least two of the top offenses, um, in the league, not top as far as um, top two, but, you know, in that conversation. Top two, um, not two. <laughs> top two, not two. Uh, but I, I think, obviously, the story for for the Niners is how they what they found with Brock Purdy. And I think we'll know more next year about Brock Purdy. I know we know a lot now, but it's kind of crazy because – it reminds me how Kyle Shanahan can kind of have anybody play quarterback. And when you have those kind of weapons around him, it doesn't really who matter who plays quarterback as long as they don't turn the ball over kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of back in the day how the – I'm bringing up the Broncos again. The Broncos offense could put any – remember how we had all those running backs go over 1,000 yards rushing back in the day, like all these no-name running backs? It reminded me of that. Like whoever – Yes, he Shelly, puts in this. <laughs> whoever he puts in this system, um, can can win. And when you have guys like George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, 
uh, Brandon Ayuk, like, just don't F it up. Don't turn the ball over and we're going to win. I'm interested to see, Dane, how you feel about Dak going up against this D'Amico Ryan's defense. Mm. Well, I'm going to save that best part for last, Deontay. Okay. Save that best part. I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer your question. What a question. What a question. Now, we know that the San Francisco 49ers, as of the last few years, have been perennial playoff players. Um, we, they went to the Super Bowl back in 2019. Of course, I think they missed the playoffs the next season, but then they made it back to the playoffs, beat the Cowboys in the first round, and made a conference championship run. Only to lose, of course, to the Rams. Yes. They are the most physically and feared defense left in the league or left in the playoffs, in my opinion. Uh, now, say what you want to say about their strength of schedule or their quality wins or lack thereof, but you cannot deny that they have a master chess player at the helm of their organization. Shanahan, that name has produced a number of amazing, talented play callers. His or their identity has been, it doesn't matter, like you referenced, it doesn't matter who's running the rock. We're going to be productive. There's going to be a lot of misdirection. And our receivers are going to be bucket naked, wide open, every single play. That's just the way the game is going to go. We saw how that played out. We talked about last week how you had a guy that you that took you to the Super Bowl. And I, I'd say the guy who lost to the Super Bowl, or him and the coach, they shared the brunt of that blame. He's out. Then you draft a guy who's going to be at the helm of your organization, and he's out. So now you're left with the seventh-round draft. It's irrelevant. Yes, that is correct. Who has played very well, who has done exactly he, – he has done exactly what he's supposed to do. Because what you can say about this offense is it is built and catered to a quarterback for him not to fail. The only way that quarterback fails is by ex- by lack of execution. That is it. But if you're doing what you're supposed to do, throwing to wide open ass receivers, <laughs> you should be fine. And that is by and large part the average amount of separation that these receivers get is historic. It is amazing to watch. And it's like, man, anybody can thrive in this offense. They're going to have a problem later on. They're not going to have a problem right now. But later on, trying to pay all these guys, there's going to be an issue because every single last one of these guys, for the most part, by and large, on the defense or on the front seven, as well as in the offensive playroom or the offensive uh, side of the ball, they're going to get or going to demand big contract and big money if they haven't already. I have no idea what to expect about this game. I said all that to say this. I have no idea what to expect from that game. They play a great brand of physical old school football. They you know rely heavily on the defense, masterful offensive play calling, and we have no idea who's going to be in the backfield, whether it's Debo, <laughs> whether it's Christian McCaffrey, uh, or what. So I don't I don't know, Deontay. I I, if, I don't know. What if I told you that the Cowboys are going to win this weekend? That's my prediction. Um. Oh, 
But I forgot the best part of your question was to answer that part last. All right. Sometimes he plays well. Anytime he's in the position to will his team to win. Dane's muting his mic on and off. No matter how many times. All right. So here's my prediction. And that's why I'm going with them. (laughs) I got the Cowboys and I literally just decided five minutes ago. Um. And I got the Cowboys because I last week we talked about the the issue with the Cowboys defense the past few weeks was not being able to get to the quarterback. Um, mm. They did that against Tom. Frustrated that offense. Um, Micah Parsons played dominant. And I think we've all been waiting for that Brock Purdy game where he shows why he was a seventh-round pick. I think this will be the game. You know, he's undefeated right now. I think this is the game that we see kind of some mistakes that we haven't seen thus far. Um, and I think I think the Cowboys are here to exercise some demons from last season, obviously losing to the Niners in that, in that playoff game. Um, and I think winning last week tremendously helps Dallas as far as getting the – the proverbial monkey off the back, so to speak. I think they'll be playing loose. I think since they're the underdogs, um, it kind of favors Dallas to be the underdog. I feel like they play better when they're not expected to do well. Um, they usually play down to the competition. Dan, we've talked about it and play Every up to the competition. And so, yeah, I think this is a game where um, they build off the momentum of last week. I think this is a game where um, – it's close, and I got the Cowboys coming out on top, bro. Um, hmm. That's oh. my prediction. I just made it. Okay. But I think all four games, like we talked about, are going to be great games. Like, I think these are going to be a great slate of divisional games. Um, and we will see. Anything you got to say before we get out of this segment? Well, I stand on my prediction. Um <laughs> I stand on my prediction. The NFL is still dead wrong for trying to force this nostalgia back on everybody. But yeah. The jokes are going to be there. Regardless of Always. whatever team wins, it's going to be – the jokes are going to fly. Always. The jokes are going to fly. time for – Nerdy news segment brought to you by. Shout out to Keith. Okay, in the nerdy news segment, um, taking the social media world and entertainment world by storm, um, HBO debuted The Last of Us, Dane, hmm. um, based off the 2013 video game on PlayStation. Um, series debuted on Sunday. And to give a little synopsis for those who are unfamiliar with the game. Spoiler um, alert. Spoiler alert. If you decide to play the game, um, 
yeah, so The Last of Us, this is like the the uh the show description from straight from HBO.com. The Last of Us takes place 20 years after modern civilization has been destroyed. Joel, a hardened survivor, is hired to smuggle Ellie, a 14-year-old girl, out of an oppressive, oppressive quarantine zone. What starts as a small job soon becomes a brutal, heartbreaking journey as they both must traverse the U.S. and depend on each other for survival. Um, man, I want to say first, bro, like already after the first episode, and um, it felt like playing the video or watching the video game like the adaptation have you played the video game i can't yeah be, that was the first i was late to the party but okay i was also late I, to coming to ps or sony whatever when i okay. got the ps4 that was the first game that i had so i played because i it was recommended by you and a few other people that were on the sony train at the time okay Back in the I couldn't, day, I couldn't remember if you had or not. Um, yeah, it was, it was the only two games I had it for a very long yeah. time because of space, was right? Grand Theft Auto and Last of Us. But yeah. I, I was able to say that I successfully played and beat that when the PS4 dropped. So right. yeah, I, I got to. Re- okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I Solid game. Good. Just Good just to start off, like it felt like those first couple of scenes, and even throughout the entire episode, it felt like I was mm-hmm. watching what I played some years ago. Um. Like scene for scene, shot for shot, bar for bar, it felt like close to what. Where have I, where have I seen this from? Hmm. <laughs> um, and along with that, like the cast is, or you know, perfectly cast. Excuse me, uh, Pedro Pascal, who's also should, should I point point out making <laughs> making bank uh, yeah. with the Mandalorian as well. Have you um, watched that before? Why you ever talking about it? Why? Why? Why no, are you talking about no, old stuff? Go keep keep on. Cause how you gonna uh, say I making that money and he's good and this and good and that? You I didn't watch. Say, I said bank. That's that's I, what I, it, I said. So I, the implication. Look, the implication. Let me let me break this down for you, brother. The implication is that you believe that something is such a good product that it would yield yield what, Deontay? It would yield viewers, maybe revenue. So how would you know? How would you know the quality of the show or that it's Making bank, as you put it, I trust. I trust the people I follow. Okay. My sources. I hashtag I sources. You. I got you. Y'all hear this? This is a ha- podcast. Hashtag sources. Some stuff. And this guy hasn't even watched the stuff part of it that he's talking about. Okay, Proceed. this stuff I Proceed, did watch, brother. Uh, Hypocrite with Pedro um, and Bella Ramsey, who played in. She was in. She's the Mormont. Game of Thrones. Yeah, she's Lady okay. Mormont. Thank you, thank you. I, was trying, I almost got confused with uh, House of the Dragon because I don't know yeah, they yeah. got mixed in my head. But yeah, she's from yeah, Game she of Thrones, really uh, plays Ellie. Um, but you know, just through the first episode, it, it felt like like I mentioned I was playing the game again, but just watching it and my alarm just went off. Um, but <laughs> said, uh, "Wake da- up, fool!" I know, I basically. Yeah, Dana I and I are recording about this a show you never watched before super early. <laughs> Uh, what'd you, what'd you think of the first episode, bro? Man, they sure do know how to make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Like, and there was one scene that I still, I was like, yeah, this is, and I said, this show is going to be great off the strength of this one scene. Spoiler alert. When Dandy Newton 
because that's literally what she looked like because that's her daughter. Dandy Dude, I'm, she was in the neighbor's house. And when she was, I guess she was looking at the movie, the movie situation case, and they showed the the old lady behind her in the wheelchair, and she was, you know, doing the whole, you know, mm -hmm. Michael Jackson from Philly thing. She was doing all that. And I was, I thought for a second she was like gonna do something crazy, like stand up mm -hmm. and like walk, but that was just enough. Like, like that subtle, was the, the that was the right number of seat, the right amount of seasoning they put on that was perfect because it, it alluded to because if if you watched if you never watched the trailer, you don't know about the game. You have no idea what the show is going to be about. Now, of course, the the opening scene where they talked about <clears throat> this contagion of sorts, or the possibility of a contagion of sorts, maybe you had an idea. But unless you, if you if you don't know, if you're living under a rock, you had no idea what this show is going to be about when you watched. So you have no idea why this lady is tweaking in the background. But to people who've played the game or have watched the trailer, or know that they, what this might be about. You like oh, she about to she about to attack. So yeah, my bad. That 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 was my first glimpse of okay, this is going to be dope. That one small piece of detail was a, a, an amazing foreshadowing of the yeah. events to come. And can you imagine that, bro? Being asleep on your couch and waking up like you being with the whole your world's changed. <clears throat> well, not only that, but just I don't know if you've been in this situation. And I mean, maybe I'm speaking from trauma myself, but laying on the couch. Or watching TV on the couch, fall asleep, wake up, and nobody's at the house. Oh, <laughs> this happened to me before. I was, we were on, we were on the couch watching TV. I was maybe first or second grade on the couch watching TV, and I fell asleep. And I woke up, and nobody was home. Everybody left. My mom and my sisters, they were gone. They went to McDonald's to get some ice cream. And as I was like panicking, trying to figure out where everybody was at, they pulled up. Now you know, see, you know, see the lights come up in the in the windows. Like, okay. They're, they're coming back. And, of course, they didn't bring me back nothing, but that's the story for this. Anyways, the level of fear waking up from a nap or waking up from falling asleep on the couch to a zombie apocalypse, that's that's not in my bingo cause. Like, that's crazy. Like, the worst case scenario is you oversleep, you know, or you don't have your alarm set. Nobody expects right. to wake up and the zombie's outside. Like, that's... That's not the move. That's not the case. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna throw it back to you. Another what? another another thing. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> by by playing the game, mm -hmm. you know, like how how far the storyline of the video game goes. So you still yeah. don't know how much of an adaptation they're gonna take from the game and put into the show. Right. And so anticipating certain moments where you know certain things are going to happen uh whether it's sad scary those emotions still come out because you've experienced that through the video game and knowing that kind of it's kind of different because like you're like thinking okay or like okay similar to people that have watched game of thrones because game of thrones you know is a book mm -hmm. first and you know how things go in the book but all right how, how are they going to do it the same way here or okay. you know what i'm saying is this person gonna do this here like those not without spoiling it too much those emotions still come out in a certain way as if you were playing the game again or at least for me um but you know f so far first episode was fire like and a lot of times with video game adaptations they aren't i feel like and this could be a prisoner of the moment kind of quote but 
I'm I'm already oh, ready boy. to say that this okay off the first episode. I'll say this is the first best episode that I've seen of a premiere show in a long time. Um, and that's putting in what we talk about with the MCU too. Um, I think HBO did a really good job of putting this piece together um, to kind of set off as a, as a jumping point. Um, not to get too spoilery here, but if you haven't watched the last of us yet um, do that, if you're into, um, I know a lot of people aren't into, uh, I, it's not even, I guess you could say it's kind of horror, but like, I don't even know the best genre. What's the genre? Would you say horror? I guess sci-fi horror experience. Um, but yeah, pretty good episode drops every Sunday. Um, so yeah. Um, I might have missed like the last 10 seconds. There's an Amber Alert that popped in my phone. So my AirPods are automatically connected to my phone. So I was seeing, I was seeing you do a lot. <laughs> and I was like, while that little Amber Alert sound was ringing in my ears at 10 out of 10 volume. Like, so yeah, so my bad. Nah, you're good, bro. Um, you're good, bro. I was just talking about how, uh, if people haven't watched it, um, I feel like it's a good jumping off point. Um, to kind of get people interested in the story and so to speak. So, yeah, um, I, I, I am curious. There is one thing that I, I mean, of course, we're not far into the storyline yet, but I'm curious to see how they're, and spoiler alert, how they're going to play up or flesh out Ellie's immunity, um, if that's mm-hmm. still a theme in this show, because that was by and large a big part of the game. Um, well, immunity. they did bring it up in this episode. Well, yeah, the fact but, she oh, you got said, bit. just flesh it out, yeah, right. And just the whole not escaping from it, but you remember having to have having to wear like a gas mask during the game mm-hmm. because of the spores and all that. Like, I'm curious if that's going to be a part of the show because I haven't seen it yet. But then again, they haven't been outside the was it the quarantine zone is what they call yeah. it. They haven't been outside the quarantine zone until this episode. Right. But last thing I'll say about this, I should take it back away. Did you see? Um, was it? See a clicker, right? The clicker. Mm-hmm. Did you see the clicker at the very end of the episode on top of the building on left hand no, side? I think I missed it. So when they were walking through the city, like when they were just starting to walk through the city together, when they showed the big the yeah big when they showed the, the, or whatever. The pan away from the skyscraper. There's a clicker on top of the roof on the left hand side. Rewatch the scene. And I was like, I was like, oh, is that a? I thought it was one of those situations where like one of the uh, the I don't know editing the, team. People in the background that you know hold the little yeah, you know, boom the, mic. the situation. I thought I was like, oh wait, they forgot to edit that part out, and come to realize it was he was like eh, 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 doing all the little screaming and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, oh that's kind of cool. Like it's a foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. It's telling us the show is telling us as it ends. Look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture. The bigger picture. So yeah, I'm curious to see how that how that's going to play out. But yeah. I mean, I thought it was pretty good for a video game adaptation. This is what I would say. This has been very well. This is yeah. great because we have seen a lot of stinkers, mm-hmm. a lot of video game adaptations that did not go well. Right. Did not go well. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yep. Go ahead and check out episode one on Sunday. Um, or excuse me, now. And then episode <laughs> yeah. two drops on Sunday. Um, before we get out of here, Dane, we have another segment that we're bringing back. And it <laughs> is... Watch out. Watch out. What y'all want? 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 What y'all
You're now tuned in to the What Y'all Want segment of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. The What Y'all Want segment. People leaving voice messages. We actually have just one today, but you're listening to this episode, and if you want to uh, add a voice message for us to talk about something, Next time, go ahead and follow us on Twitter, and we'll drop that link for you um, whenever we decide to do that. But, Dane, we did get a voice message, uh, and here it is. Hi, guys. This is your associate producer, Hi, Keith, a.k.a. Shout out to Keith. (laughs) And the question that I would like to know is, what are your top five Marvel slash DC video games? There's a lot to choose from. Choose wisely. Oh, shout out to Keith, bro. Uh, Dane, I did hear this voice message before you, so I got a little list. So I'll start first while you think. Um, Oh, that's a good one. uh, Shout out to Keith. Top five. um, I won't put it in a particular order, but the two that jump off to me off the page, off rip, uh, the two Spider-Man games that came out recently for PlayStation, um, Spider-Man and then Spider-Man Miles Morales mm-hmm. storylines, both connect and um, in depth, um, bring everything we talked about with The Last of Us previously and uh, adapt it to, you know, the video game aspect of it. But I think the story storyline for sure was great, especially in that first Spider-Man um, movie. So those are my, those are two. I'm picking the Spider-Man one and then the Spider-Man Miles Morales. Okay. Uh, the next one is the uh, Arkham Knight. I think I'm, I think it's Arkham Knight. The Batman okay. Arkham Knight one, the latest one that came out um, from Rocksteady, I believe. Uh, to go <laughs> to go along with that, it was uh, those <laughs> those open world <laughs> open world games uh that bring uh not only gotham to life but mm-hmm. the environment um i'm always a sucker for storylines because i feel like that's what brings in um kind of the overall experience for me as a player of mm-hmm. the game uh, and i think that that storyline and gameplay combat was really well done um and then um uh, trying to think top five mm. Marvel don't think too games. hard you think it too hard uh do you have any off the top while i think of the last two absolutely i have a few that come to mind so in no particular and this is a great ass question because it gets you thinking and too it makes you pull from the nostalgia strings and membranes that exist in your mind off top ultimate marvel versus capcom capcom three i believe Back on the 360, if I remember mm. correctly. Um, amazing game with plenty of, you know, your favorite comic book characters and the best ways that you can view them kicking each other's behinds. But it's sheer nostalgia and, and fan service. I, I'm going to be like you. I'm not going to rank mine, but I'm going to throw all, all of mine out there just because there, there are so many of them. Uh I could go with Mortal Kombat versus DC 
that's a, I think that's an easy cop out. Um, yeah, another great, great one. Another great one. And this might not be a popular pick amongst a lot of people, just because it, I'm not gonna say it wasn't received well, but just the sheer amount of I, I guess you could say better games that were available or that have been produced since then. But Batman Arkham Knight, that's a good one. It's a cop out. I guess you can say it's a cop out pick. That's the one I picked. Okay. And let's see here. Injustice 2. Yeah, Injustice 2. How many is that? Is that three? That's three. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I'm just gonna name, keep naming great ones that I remember playing. Um, Another one for me is uh, the uh, Marvel's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy video game that came out oh, yeah, in yeah. 2022. It came out last year, 2020, actually 2021 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, really well done. Um, like I said, I mentioned it was great storyline. Um, of the characters and things that basically remind me of how or why I love watching the MCU movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, another one that's kind of off the path that a lot of people don't talk about is the, uh, I don't know if you ever played it, Dane, my cat's messing with me. The uh, Batman telltale series, uh, which is like one of those choose your own adventure kind of games, but you gotta yeah. do like quick time events and stuff like that. But, it also had a great storyline uh, on Bruce Wayne and the Dark Knight and the crime of Gotham City and kind of mm-hmm. spent less time, obviously, on the gameplay and more on the the uh, the storyline. Right. I'm going to go with... Um, DC Universe Online. Did you play that? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> my my, then, my my hero name was Baylor guy. <laughs> He's so trash. That was one of the cause I, that was I mean again that was uh one of those older games. One of those older games but still just as it serves a purpose cuz we all want to be superheroes and nothing more than one of these superheroes create your own superhero. Yeah. Uh so that was that was pretty decent especially for the time in which it was released. And I think one of the last slots one of the last picks. I think that's four. I'll probably go with either Spider-Man or uh, the Miles Morales um, Spider-Man. Doesn't yeah. matter. You know, both of them were crack. Um, yeah. Both of them were really good. So, you know, nice. that was a very difficult question. Great yeah, question. Narrow down, yeah, the narrow no. down, like, yeah. And I still think, I think that's five. Yeah, I think you, I think you picked five. Uh, great but great, great question to our associate producer of the show. Keith. Appreciate you, bro. Um, dang, yeah, episode ninety four, bro. Anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, no, I just just want to say that I stand on my prediction. <laughs> and a he really goes, amazing game, yeah. but I'm not going to leave. <laughs> That's just the way it's going to play out. I got so. you. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Episode. And I hope you understand where I'm coming from. Of the duo, thank you for rocking with us, Dane. What do the people say on YouTube? Hey man, don't forget to hit that follow, like, and subscribe, man. And that's where they give you a 10-hour video, but they only give you like 13 seconds of content at the very end. But we ain't gonna short you like that. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna hold you. We're gonna give you sometimes you're gonna get an hour from us, sometimes you're gonna get two hours from us. But guess what? You're gonna get exclusive content 
every single second. And you're going to get the, the lovely melodies by our a very, very talented, our very, 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 very productive. I see what I did there. Hey. Productive. I, I'm, I'm just going to say I produced that. So shout, our shout out to Keith one time for the one time. Appreciate, Appreciate it. you. But yeah, you, you're going to get plenty of content from us and we ain't going to shortchange you. But yes, yeah, sir. Hit that follow, like, and subscribe. Yeah, all those things. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, the TikTok of the duo page as well. Uh, but we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Deontay Dane, duo. Yeah. Appreciate you. The duo. The duo. The duo.